had a shout of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many has got a testimony? God's doing great things. He's still doing great things. He's never ceased it. He's never stopped. He continually amazes and wows his people by doing great things. Hallelujah. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I'm feeling some church up in here. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. It is good to be here in the presence of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to the book of Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 10. wanted to make, amen, a little, uh, as you're turning there, wanted to also remind, I almost forgot to announce this, that this kids revival is going to be, including Sunday, is going to be completely casual. So, amen, I'm going to be wearing jeans and a button-up shirt because right after Saturday and Sunday, we're going to have a carnival. And so we don't want to waste any time. We want to just go straight outside, and, and there will be cotton candy and popcorn and all that good stuff. And it's good hamburgers, hot dogs, and uh, nacho, chili. It's going to just be a blast. Amen. And uh, it will be a great time of fellowship as well. And so uh, if you can make it to that, it will be a blessing. But, yeah, just if you want to wear your suit, if that's your deal, go ahead. Feel free. I just want to let you know that, uh, that, that we are making this service 100% about the kids. Uh, they, they might get me to use a puppet. I don't know. We'll do something. Praise God. It'll be a good time. You'll be blessed by that in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 10. Uh, would, it would be wrong of me not to make mention of it. How many enjoyed that preaching on Sunday? Amen. That with the help of the Holy Ghost, you can remain or be unbroken in a broken world. Amen. Brother Silva brought a word to us. And then how many enjoyed that chicken Brother Diaz cooked? Amen. He's not here right now, but I think we ought to give him a hand. He's probably watching online. And uh, he did a great job. It was wonderful. And for all those that helped and contributed, there's others that made sides and, and just helped set up and tear down. Uh, we enjoy those moments. It's great when we have food and fellowship and uh, we can be together as a church. And everybody said amen. Praise God. Matthew chapter 5 and beginning in verse number 10. Get ready to read some really encouraging verses for you. Now, hopefully it will be before the end of the night. Blessed are they which are per persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. He said, you're blessed when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake. When men shall revile you, that means abuse you. Persecute you. Which can be either the chasing down, the exterminating of. Uh, just violent acts towards those that say all manner of evil against you. Here's a key word, falsely. Anybody ever felt falsely accused? For my sake, he said, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to continue on turning to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 12. Second Timothy chapter 3 
in verse number 12. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Yea, and some, and a few, and a couple, and just the person on the front row. No, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now, I wanted to title this, and hopefully we'll get where I'm wanting to go here today. I want to talk to us on this subject tonight. Blessed are the bold. Blessed are the bold. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this house. Amen. Let's pray that God would continue to impart into us. Amen. I thank you, Jesus, for your word. I thank you for the fact that you have been teaching us and speaking to us, God. That your ideal view is Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, God. And I pray, Lord, that we would take this Sermon on the Mount, God, and apply it to our lives, Jesus. That it would, amen, that it would continue to mold us and to shape us into being the people that you want us to be, God. I pray, Lord, for a spirit of boldness that would enter us, amen, that we would do all these things for righteousness' sake. And for your sake, oh God, I pray that you would help us in those hard times, those troubling times, those moments of persecution, and God, those moments of being unfairly treated, God. I pray that you would help us to rejoice and be exceeding glad in those moments because we know that our reward is great in heaven in Jesus' name. Somebody clap your hands and give the Lord some praise in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments today. And blessed are the bold. I read some verses today that are among many of the other verses that I have read. They are some of the most challenging verses to live out in the Bible. There's a lot of verses in the Bible that we could read from. Somebody once said, and I think there's a song about it, that every promise in the book is mine. And uh, I would agree with that. Every promise in the book is, in fact, yours. But there are some things in the book that I don't necessarily want. Amen. And I might be the only one standing alone to say that I don't necessarily want persecution. Now, I know there's some folks that in the house, they just maybe are, are so excited and ready for it. And all my post-trib friends, they're all excited, amen, to go through trouble and tribulation and persecution. They got beans, rice, bunkers, and guns. And they're just ready to ride out the tribulation. And, in fact, there's some folks I know that just can't, they don't want Jesus to come back yet. They want to go through a little beating first. And I I, you know, somebody said, Pastor, are you, uh, are you pre-tribulation? Uh, in other words, and we'll talk about this. I might be preaching about it soon. Do you think Jesus is going to come back before there is great tribulation? Uh, are you the one that believes that Jesus is going to come in the middle of tribulation? Or are you uh, one of the people that believe Jesus is going to come after the tribulation and after all this persecution? And uh, I just like to quote them the verse that says, It is not in your power to know the times or the seasons. Amen. 
He said that nobody knows, amen, the times or the season which the Father has put in his own power. But the Bible does declare the next verse, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. I want to tell you, I'm not worried about when Jesus is coming back. I know he is. Amen. But I want to make sure that before he ever comes back, I've knocked every door that I can in my city. I've taught as many Bible studies as I physically possibly can before Jesus returns. I hope that we've won everybody that's winnable in our city before he comes. Amen. And so there's some people that want to know, well, where, where do you stand? I don't really know. You know, kind of in that middle, I don't really, I don't really know. I don't, I sure hope he comes before all that stuff happens. But I do have some biblical evidence to tell us that everybody will suffer some level of persecution. If you're going to live godly in Christ, you will, you will suffer persecution. Now, this is a foreign subject to the American church because uh, very few, if any, have really suffered much persecution. Now, I know there's a lot of folks that want to say, well, I've suffered a lot of persecution, but living in America, it's kind of hard uh, because we do we are blessed to have certain inalienable rights, religious freedoms. And uh, and so but I, that doesn't stop the fact that there are, in fact, uh, there is, in fact, lots of persecution in the world today. In fact, those that say, well, I don't believe uh, in post-tribulation, that's such a Western mindset because uh, there are people right now that probably feel like they're living in the tribulation because they are being beheaded and they are being hurt and they are being dragged out of homes and they are being falsely accused and they are suffering persecution. And uh, just because we live in a nice gated community and just because we shop at Trader Joe's and Whole Foods doesn't mean that there is not a church at large that is suffering persecution. We must never forget, amen, in fact, I think it's always a good practice for us to pray for our brothers and sisters in foreign soil. And everybody said amen. Because it might cost them not just inconvenience and not just high gas prices to live for God. It might cost them their very lives to live for Jesus. But they are willing to be bold enough to live for the Lord. Amen. I want to help you here today. There's lots of persecution in the world. You getting cut off in traffic is not persecution. You having bills to pay, amen, and, and not getting the raise is not persecution. A mean, a mean Facebook or Instagram post about you is not persecution. 2020 gave American Christianity a sample of how persecution could get, but I want to tell you, it was very minute and very small. Not being able to go to church for a couple weeks, couple months, is not persecution. Amen. I, I know that there's some that maybe suffered a little more than others, but we are living in a world that has true and severe persecution. Amen. But let's talk about this persecution for a moment. It's not just persecution for the sake of persecution. Jesus did not say, blessed are those who are persecuted for being different. It is a true that a person that is different is often persecuted, but there is no particular blessedness attached to that. Uh, if you are being persecuted because you're different, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a happy or blessed individual. 
I know some people that have been positively obnoxious and aggressive in their witnessing. They push people for a decision, and it starts to get a little bit insulting. And when somebody does that, it creates an atmosphere of resentment towards the one that's being pushy and aggressive. It leads to anger, and that person that's being witnessed to lashes back out, and the individual that's doing the witnessing that gets the door slammed in their face or somebody cusses them out, they say, oh, my goodness, I'm suffering persecution. The truth is, your methods are creating persecution. There is no blessedness for that kind of persecution. Amen. We would do well to have, amen, an awareness of our surroundings. We would do well, amen, to have a self-awareness. We would do well, amen, to recognize that maybe the way we do things and the methods in which we use uh, are not always the best methods. And the way that we speak is not always uh, the best way to speak. And I'll never forget when I was younger that there was a, there was, I, I, I hesitate to even call him an evangelist, but uh, he claimed to be one. And uh, it wasn't too long until we realized the guy was was not really uh, the real deal. But he went around and he said, I'm going to I'm going to win a bunch of souls in your city. And so we said, man, we'll do anything short of sinning to save our city. And so we brought him and uh, it was about 10 degrees out. And we were driving around the city in our church van, our church bus, like much like the one we got out there. And, uh, and we would roll up to people on the side of the street, and this man had us open up the door and, and yell at the individual, do you want to go to heaven or hell? Well, I mean, most people are going to answer heaven. But they were so caught off guard that this church bus, a church van, was rolling up to them at about midnight, two in the morning. Amen. People that are walking in there, they're barely, they're freezing uh, and uh, and asking them such a pointed question on whether or not they want to go to heaven or hell. And then this individual, uh, and trust me, I've been through just about every evangelism thing that you can imagine. I've baptized 70 people in a river personally, uh, but I've come to tell you that that stuff doesn't always work because not one of them are in church today. And we'll talk about evangelism at another time and I found the things that are effective and the things that are not effective and I want to tell you this idea if you have any inclination to rolling up on people and asking them whether they want to go to heaven or hell does not work and we had some people go well I want to get to heaven and so then he said now get in the bus now that was some crazy stuff man I've been through some intense things amen just trying to do something for Jesus but uh, you you could you could look at some of the people said no I'm not getting in the bus and say well they're persecuting me no, they're not persecuting you. You're being weird. Praise God. Jesus did not say, blessed are those who are persecuted for being weird. I want to tell you, we've got some differences. The Bible calls us a royal people, a holy nation, a peculiar people, which means pecuniary, a movable treasure. I, I want you to know that you and I are a little bit peculiar. There's something different about you and I, and, and we will have that difference, but you don't got to shine a, a, an unnecessary light on all the other weird things in your life. I want to tell you, there are churches that do not grow because people do this. They think, well, I'm just being bold. I'm just, I'm just doing something for the Lord. No, you're not. You're being weird. Praise God. I just, I'm going to do a little pastoring if that's all right. I don't have anybody in mind, but, but God did not call us to be weird. God called us to be witnesses. Hey, listen, if brother Hodge shows up in a clown outfit for a kid service, praise God. We're going to reach kids. That's not weird. That's trying to do something for the Lord. 
But if you show up on Wednesday night in a clown outfit, you got something coming to you. You're being weird. Hallelujah. Well, they don't want to be around me. Well, it could be that you're weird and you're not taking a shower, not brushing your teeth, not wearing deodorant. You're not being persecuted. It's time to get some hygiene in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to get comfortable here tonight. We might as well lock in and have some church. What do you say? Uh, you, you, Jesus does not say, well, they're just persecuting me, Pastor. No, they're not. Stop being weird. Amen. Jesus did not say, blessed are you being persecuted for being objectionable, always being contrary. It doesn't say, blessed are those uh, that are being persecuted because they're being difficult. It doesn't say, blessed are those that are persecuted because they're obstinate. It doesn't say, blessed are those that are persecuted because they lack wisdom and they're blundering about. Uh, amen. I want to help you here today. Jesus said, blessed are those that are persecuted for righteousness sake and for his sake. And so there's some people that like to pull the victim card and say, well, I'm just I'm just being persecuted. And, and some people feel persecuted in the church. But the truth is you aren't listening. You aren't obeying the scriptures. You're not following the right thing. You're not being persecuted for doing right. You're being persecuted for doing wrong. You're being persecuted for being weird. You're being persecuted because you're not living the right way. I'm just going to deal with some stuff here today. Some suffer entirely from their own folly. Fanatical, overzealous, amen, weird tactics and different things for the sake, weird for the sake of being weird, different for the sake of being different. I want to tell you, we, we, we act a little different. We dress a little different. We pray a little different. We don't do that just to be a little bit different than the road, the church down the road so that we can say we're different. We do that because it's righteous. We do that because it's holy. We... We live a certain way, we dress a certain way, we go certain places, and we don't go certain places. Not so we can be the weird church on the other side of the tracks, but we want to please God. We want to make heaven our home. We want to be a good witness. Praise God. Some people get it all twisted. They're like, man, if I could just be a little more different, I can bring more people to church. And uh, I've met a few folks like that. Amen. That's not what the Bible's calling us to be. We're called to holiness. Amen. We're called to righteousness. And so uh, there's some people that suffer entirely because of their own selves. And I know there's nobody like that here today. Peter talked about some people suffering by being busybodies in everybody else's matters. Amen. I want to tell you, life is too busy to be busy in everybody else's matters. Amen. For those that think, well, the grass is greener on the other side, stay in your yard and water it. Fertilize it. Pull the weeds. Make your life better. I want to tell you, I've got enough trouble in my own life and enough problems in my own life that I, I don't have time to gossip about you. I don't have time to tear you down. I don't have time to get over in your business and find out what you're doing for the Lord or not doing for the Lord. I, I don't really have time for that because I'm busy, amen, trying to do a work for the Lord myself. I'm busy in my own matters. I don't have time to get involved, amen, unless we're talking about counseling and good things and helping you and praying for you. I don't have have time to get meddled in your marriage trying to wreck it. I don't have time to get meddling in your family situations and meddling in your financial situations. I, I'm not talking about people that are trying to pray for you, counsel you, and help you. I'm talking about being busybodies. They're always going about people that don't have anything better to do, uh, amen, than to get around other people and mess with them. 
Paul rebuked people for this. He said, get out of everybody else's business. Amen. Stick to your own business. Well, pastor, I'm being persecuted by brother and sister so-and-so. Get out of their business. Praise God. I probably never taught or preached like this, but it's all right. Amen. This is going to help somebody. If you're so, well, they want to talk to me. They don't want to be around me. Get out of their business. Uh, mind your boundaries. Uh, allow a little bit of space. Uh, amen. And then when you've allowed a little bit of space, they might create a gate in which you can come through. But stop trespassing and climbing over fences uh, and pushing people out of the way and just making a mess out of everything. Uh, he said, don't suffer as somebody who's a busybody. Amen. Some people are persecuted for a cause that's not really worth being persecuted over. They've got a martyr spirit, a victim mentality. They are willing to die on any hill for their personal opinions, their obscure religious persuasion or conviction, or their political views. And then when somebody is contrary to them, they say, I'm being persecuted. No, you're not. You have an extreme opinion, and their opinion differs from you. Listen, as a church body, we disagree on all sorts of things. Amen. As individuals, we disagree on certain things. In marriages, you disagree on certain things. That doesn't mean you're being persecuted. That just means you have a different viewpoint on it. Amen. But there's some people that got these weird, and I've seen it happen in the church, and I will, I will stamp it out, and I will beat it with the Bible if I have to. Amen. People that got these weird religious convictions or persuasions. I have no problem with people having a conviction or a persuasion or a religious idea about something. I have a problem when they disobey the Scripture and they go around and start trying to tell everybody else that they got to live the way they're living. Last time I checked, there's one pastor in the church, and you are not them. Amen. I don't go to your job and start messing with wires if you're an electrician. I don't go to the doctor's office and tell him he's not doing his job right, and he needs to treat this patient with a little more medication. No, we let the professional do the professional's job. Uh, and Well, you know, they need, to, they need to change these things. And you, got, you start getting in their business and start trying to change things and tell them they need to change things. Well, they don't need to celebrate that, that holiday. Well, they don't need to put that around their house. And, and, and the Bible says one man esteems one day above the other. The other does not. Let every man be convinced in his own mind. Amen. Be convinced in his own mind. One does it, he does it unto the Lord. One does not do it, they do it not unto the Lord. And so there's some people that go around, they start just blasting people with their obscure religious convictions and ideas. And they say, well, you need to, you know, there's some people say, well, you shouldn't wear open-toed shoes. You shouldn't wear red shoes. Get your mind off their shoes and get your hands in the air. Is this all right tonight, Elder Johnson? Is this all right? I, I don't want to have a weird Pentecostal church. I didn't get, God didn't save me from the world to be a weird Pentecostal preacher that's going around trying to figure out what color shoes you got on. I want to tell you, I want to find out if you've been in the prayer room. I want to find out if you've been in the altar. I want to find out if you're living for Jesus with all your heart. 
I don't have time to come by and start figuring out what your wife is wearing. I want to tell you, listen, I teach it from the Bible. I try to draw a, a, a line that's not so hard. You can't live it. Uh, amen. I want to encourage you, uh, amen, to get a hold of the Word of God, get a prayer life, uh, and live for Jesus. Uh, but I don't have time to push on to you uh, all my personal opinions. Uh, and they say, well, the church is persecuting me as a pastor. They don't like me. If I'm going around giving weird religious ideas that I can't even find in the Scriptures, uh, amen, I'm, I have a reason for you to persecute me. I got a reason for you to not like me. Praise God. And so if I won't do that, we shouldn't do that. Amen. Praise God. You know what we need to do? Live and let live. Praise God. I'm having fun tonight. I probably, I didn't think I'd have fun tonight. I thought I would be, man, really struggling through this. But I'm having fun tonight because I've just been to enough churches. I, does anybody want to be part of a weird, kooky Pentecostal church? Once? Oh, I got one? Yeah. Praise God. Okay, well, I'll find you one and I'll let you know where it's at. I have traveled the country for years. I have preached in every kind of Pentecostal church you can imagine. And they, my wife and I would look at each other and we'd ask this question. Would we go to church here? And if the answer was no, I made it up in my mind, God, if you ever bless me to be a pastor, I will not do that. And there were some churches I said, man, this is an awesome revival church. People are praying through. If you want to know what kind of church you're a part of, it's a church that maybe it might have a couple things that you don't like and a couple things that are a little different. Maybe a couple things that are a little weird or kooky. Maybe a couple people that are a little weird, weird and kooky. But I want to tell you what we're pushing towards. We're pushing towards excellence. We're pushing towards revival. We're pushing towards people getting saved. Amen. And so if you want to be a part of that, uh, amen, let's move forward in revival. You don't want to be a part of that, I give you a, a, f a few phone numbers and addresses. You can go check them out yourself, uh, amen. But this is going to be a church, uh, amen, that's living by righteousness sake uh, and living for the sake of Jesus. Oh, somebody I'll lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. But there's some people that are willing, they want to have a martyr spirit then they just want to die on every hill. I want to tell you, you don't need to die on every hill. I, 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 you, you really don't. You really don't. You don't need to be against everything. You need to be for some things. Amen. I've, I've learned in, in my travels, there's a couple kinds of Pentecostal churches. Amen. And I'll just categorize them real quick. There's saved churches and there's revival churches. Now, the saved church can be either liberal or conservative, but they're still going to heaven. They're still my brother. Uh, I pray God bless them. But they're happy with just us four, no more. They're just happy doing their thing. They don't mind being a little weird, kooky, and all these different things. And then there's revival churches that they're not only saved, but they're looking to grow. They're looking to get better. They're looking to improve. I want to be a revival church, apostolic revival center. Notice how it's not apostolic saved center. We're not just trying to get you saved. We want you blessed. We don't want you to just get saved. We want you to reach your potential. We don't want to just get you saved. We want to watch God transform you. I've also noticed, amen, that there's another group, amen, there are churches that are, that their churches, you can always tell within five minutes of talking to them, amen, they're always, amen, basing everything on what they're against. And then there's apostolic churches that are basing everything on what they're for. There's a big difference there. There's a big difference there. Amen. I've said it and asked it before. Anybody know what the Amish is against? Electricity, modern conveniences, telephones, all right? Amen. Anybody know what they're for? They make really good stoves and stuff. That's what I've heard. But I don't really know what else they're for. I want to tell you what kind of apostolic church you're in here tonight. We're an apostolic church that will tell you what we're for. 
Now, when you say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. Uh, amen. We are not just against the world. We are for holiness and separation of God. We are not just against sin. We are for salvation, too. We are we're not just against. We're not just against everything again. We're not just against television, against movies. I'll tell you what we are. We're, we're, we're for somebody making a covenant with their eyes and being holy in this part and being holy in this part and being holy in this part too. Praise God. I got off on a whole bunch of tangents, but all of that is to say that some people got all these weird religious persuasions and they bring them to the church and they want, the, they want to change the church into their image. Amen. That's not the will of God. Amen. God called Apostolic Revival Center to be Apostolic Revival Center, not the church you came from. Amen. Not the church I came from either. Praise God. In fact, it's, it's funny to me how many people want the church that we're in now to be like the church they came from, but they left the church they came from because they didn't like the church they came from. That's like people leaving California because they don't like the politics and going to Texas and voting in the same kind of politics. You'd be better off leaving California, going to Texas, and letting Texas convert you a little bit. You'd be better off leaving your old church the way your old church was. God bless them, pray for them, and just come into the house of the Lord and say, God, what do you have for me at this new season of life? Praise God, I'm stepping up my soapbox on that one in Jesus' name. Jesus did not say blessed are those that are persecuted for their weird, obscure views uh, that they push off on everybody else. If you do that and people don't want to be around you, you can figure it out real quick. It's because you keep pushing your things off onto them. Amen. Jesus did not say blessed are those who are persecuted uh, and, and, uh, for those who stand for a certain political cause. There's a real danger in the church world, especially in the 21st century, uh, being drawn into the political arena. Politicians are masters at using people to promote their causes. There's no particular blessedness promised to those who are persecuted because of their political beliefs or persuasions. Amen. I want you to tell you, just because they didn't vote in a certain president doesn't mean you were persecuted. That's called politics. Praise God. And uh, if we're not careful, we'll think the church at whole is being persecuted because people are not as conservative in their political views. Uh, amen. But I want to tell you that God's kingdom is not of this world. I don't care if you vote red or blue. I don't care if you vote libertarian. It doesn't really matter. Welcome to the church of the living God. The kingdom of God, this is not our home. Amen. We are a part of the kingdom of God. We're just passing through. And so if somebody comes and doesn't like my politics, uh, amen, I'm not going to say, well, I'm being persecuted for God and his gospel because Christianity is not, uh, amen, a country's persuasion or a country's politics. Uh, you can live for God in a communist country, amen, even if they're persecuting you. You can live for God in a socialist country, even if they're persecuting you. You can live for God in a capitalist society, even if they're persecuting you. Amen. So if you have a, a certain persuasion politically and you're being uh, persecuted, there's no blessedness attached to that. Amen. You might want to just stop posting stuff on Facebook. Praise God. It's not being persecuted for being good, noble, or self-sacrificing. Just being a decent person. It's being persecuted for righteousness' sake. I'm going to hurry through this. What does righteousness mean? Ultimately, it means being just like Jesus because he is the perfect example. Somebody said it best. Jesus is perfect theology. Amen. He is the express image of God's person. Amen. That in him dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Amen. We have a description of the character of the righteous Christian in these beatitudes that we've talked about for the last several weeks. The righteous individual is poor in spirit. They're not self-asserting, aggressive, not a braggart. 
Amen. They are meek. They don't have an exalted opinion of themselves. They hunger and thirst after righteousness. The one thing that they long to do, amen, they seek to treat others as they'd like to be treated. They seek to do what is equitable and what is right. That individual is a merciful individual. They're not seeking revenge. They are not possessed by, uh, amen, a get-even mentality. They want to stop the circle of hurt. Uh, the individual that is righteous is pure in heart. Uh, these things are not just outward facades. It is not a play. It is not a, just a mask, uh, but it is coming from their heart. Uh, amen. The righteous individual is a peacemaker like we talked about last week. Uh, they do not go around stirring up strife, uh, but rather they seek to bring the opposing parties together. Amen. And, and that's what a righteous individual does, and that's what a righteous individual is. And what do you think would be the attitude in the world towards a person like that? Amen. Will they admire that person? Will they seek to make him president? Will they seek to exalt them and help them? Nope. Jesus said, blessed are those that are persecuted for righteousness sake. Because the true story is the characteristics are righteous characteristics. And if you possess them, you cannot expect the world to honor that. You cannot expect the world to enjoy that. Uh, in fact, uh, Jesus said, if the world hates you, remember, it hated me first. If you are going to live godly in this world, you will suffer persecution. Again, I had to find out not what, what is not persecution. But the true story is if you represent, amen, all of these characteristics that we've been talking about, you think that immediately everybody's just going to get on the bandwagon and love you. But the truth is the more merciful that you are, the more people test your mercy. The more of a peacemaker you are, the more people want to bring war and conflict into your life. Uh, amen. The more that you are hungry and thirst after righteousness, the more somebody's going to come by, uh, amen, and try to offer you things that are not righteous and not good. Uh, this is why when somebody first gets saved, uh, all of a sudden people come out of the woodwork that didn't care about them, uh, and they start inviting them to parties and inviting them this. Uh, I want to tell you what's happening. Uh, amen. They are suffering, uh, amen, a small degree, but a degree of persecution. Uh, these people will lie about them. Uh, these people will try to pull them out of the church uh, and pull them out of the kingdom. Jesus said, uh, amen, uh, that all the godly uh, shall suffer persecution. Uh, notice how the persecuted follows the peacemaker. Because, amen, if you are a peacemaker, you will be persecuted. Uh, because there's some people that just love war. Uh, there's some people that just love conflict. Uh, amen, same promise uh, as first stated and finished uh, in this verse as it was in the first verse. Uh, that theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, if you are suffering true persecution I've got good news for you here tonight you are in good company if you are enduring uh, people that are talking about you for your faith, uh, amen, I want to help somebody here today, uh, amen, that thinks, well, I'm being persecuted, amen, here's a good test. Uh, Paul said, don't suffer as an evildoer. If you're being sued uh, because you embezzled money, you are not being persecuted. Uh, but if you are being taken to court uh, because of your religious convictions, uh, you are, in fact, uh, being persecuted. Uh, there's people that think, well, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I ran a red light and they gave me a ticket. I'm being persecuted. No, you're not. Uh, amen. 
Amen. You disobeyed the laws. Uh, but there's something different about going to work uh, and saying, I'm not working on church nights. Uh, and I'm not working on church days. Uh, and they look at you say, if you don't do it, we're going to fire you. Uh, and you look at them with boldness uh, and say, I love my job. Uh, I love my boss. Uh, but I love my God more. being persecuted uh, is when friends say, uh, if you keep going to that church, uh, we can't stay friends any longer. Uh, and you look at them and say, I love you. We've always been friends. Uh, but if I have to choose between you and Jesus uh, with boldness, uh, I choose Jesus. Abel was not killed because he was better looking. He was killed for being righteous. David did not have spears thrown at him because he was a better singer. David got spears thrown at him because he was righteous. Elijah was mocked by everybody else. Uh, amen. Not because, uh, amen, he had all these miracles following him. He was mocked because he was righteous. Uh, Jeremiah was imprisoned uh, not because, uh, amen, he was great and wrote a long book of the Bible. Uh, Jeremiah was persecuted and imprisoned uh, because uh, he was righteous. Uh, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den uh, not because uh, he was smarter than and all of the other magistrates uh, and not because uh, in him was an excellent spirit uh, but the truth is uh, he was righteous uh, and he held to his convictions in God and they threw him in a lion's den. Uh, the three Hebrew boys were not persecuted uh, amen because they had more friends than the other people around them. Uh, they were persecuted because when the king said bow uh, they said we will not bow. Amen. I want to help you here today. It's when you are you are pressed to the point where it's give up on God or just go into a fiery furnace and you say, oh, king, we're not careful to answer you in this matter because if God delivers us right now, he'll deliver us. But if not, when we go through the fire, even if it burns our flesh, we will be delivered. Persecution comes, and I'm almost done. Persecution comes, especially to new people, from the first, the first two avenues and the first two hindrances for a new convert is family and friends. That's the first obstacle most people that are coming to God have to face. That's actually an obstacle most people that have lived for God for a while have to face. Amen. I, I remember the, my family who was had no problem with me being depressed and suicidal, had no problem, amen, with me going to parties, had no problem with me doing all these things that I should not have been doing. The moment I started going to church, my dad called me stupid for being baptized. Uh, they tried to stop me from going to church, uh, but I snuck out the back door. That's persecution. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to separate you from righteousness sake. They're trying to separate you from Jesus sake. Amen. But you, Jesus put it best. He said, if you're going to come after me, you've got to love me more than your mother, more than your brother, more than your spouse, more than your friends. Amen. Jesus put it so far, you've got to hate them. Now, if Jesus is not going around saying, go be hateful, what Jesus is saying, if you compare them to me, you've got to absolutely despise them compared to me. Which means if I have to choose, I'm choosing Jesus. But here's the beautiful thing. You might be being persecuted by a family member, but did you know that if you will keep your righteousness, keep your integrity, you can win that family member? Yes, you can. 
Yes, you can. I'll never forget going to my brother's houses after church on a Wednesday night, and they had parties. Everybody's smoking pot, and uh, and 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 I just at that time, forgive me, I didn't know any better. I didn't think anything of it, but I, I, my brothers were making fun of me for going to church, and I'll never forget going to their house. The same brothers that kept mocking me and making fun of me for not being at the parties all the time, and and uh, and and not doing all the things that we used to do, and I'll never forget them mocking me for going to church and mocking me for dressing up, and my whole family was standing in opposition to the decisions I was making, uh, and I went to the house, and I I know I, I didn't even at that time know I wasn't supposed to be at a party, uh, but my, 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 my brother's there, and I'm sitting in that moment, uh, and the Holy Ghost speaks to me as a 14-year-old kid and says, you're not supposed to be here. You're a Christian now, uh, and I stood up from where I was. Uh, amen. I knew my brothers were going to make fun of me. Uh, I knew it was going to probably be the last straw for my family members, uh, but I stood up from the party. Uh, I looked at my brother and said, take me home. I wasn't trying to be obstinate. I wasn't trying to be difficult. I wasn't just trying to prove a point that I'm holier than thou. I said, I'm a Christian, uh, and God just told me I got to get out of this party. Uh, and so I started walking out the door, whether they took me home or not. Uh, and, the, and, and my brother, uh, he said, hold up, where are you going? You can't go anywhere. Uh, and my brother followed me out of the party. Uh, amen. And I thought, here he goes. He's going to make fun of me. Uh, and he started, instead of making fun of me, uh, amen, because I stood to my morals, uh, because I stood to what God told me, uh, because I was willing to be bold uh, for Jesus uh, and not let it hinder me uh, and not go back to what I came out of. Uh, my brother said, where are you going? Uh, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to live for God. Uh, and my brother said, I'm coming with you. Uh, I'm coming with you. Uh, and I baptized my brother in Jesus' name. Can I help you here today? I know you might face opposition. They might lie about you. They might falsely accuse you. Uh, but stick with Jesus. Uh, stick with righteousness' sake. Uh, you hold on to God, uh, and you'll be bold for God. Uh, you'll win somebody to God. My dad that told me I was stupid for being baptized came in my room one night. Uh, amen. Because I was listening to preaching tapes a little too loud. And he said, uh, he said, listen, you got to turn that down. I said, well, you got your TV blurring. It's the only way I can hear it. And I wasn't trying to be rude. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. Uh, but my dad said, what do you listen to? I said, Dad, I'm listening to preaching. And, and, and this, is what, this is what's going on. And this is what he's preaching about. I didn't know a whole lot. Uh, and, uh, and I started talking to him. He said, he's talking about being baptized. And, and uh, I started talking to my dad about being baptized. And I said, I only know one verse. I opened up to Acts chapter 2 and said, Dad, uh, uh, do you see this verse right here? I know you were raised in a Baptist church. I know you said in the choir as a kid. Uh, I know you've been raised around religious people for a long time, uh, but do you see this? And my dad said, uh, I see it. It took a couple years. Uh, amen. He mocked me for a long time. Uh, got into a fist fight because I didn't want to miss church for football. Uh, I, I wanted to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, amen. But, but by the time I was done with that Bible study, uh, dad came to church with me on a Wednesday night uh, and we baptized him in Jesus' name. I'm not just telling you that to, to boost my ego. I'm telling you that, that if you will be bold for God, I don't mean rude for God. I don't mean obstinate for God. I mean if you'll stand on righteous principles for God, if you will stand upon Jesus Christ, the rock of your salvation, you will leave the party and they will come with you. You will stand firm in the family and the family will come with you. Your backslidden kids will see you not waver and not shake and be bold and love Jesus and worship exuberantly and your kids will follow. Oh, somebody I'll lift up your hands. Let's stand across the house and lift up our voices and let's magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. 
Come on, let's pray in the name of Jesus. If you're willing to be bold for God, you might suffer. If, you, if you're living godly and you're bold about living godly, you will suffer persecution, but your reward will be great in heaven. Amen. Oh, let's pray. Come on, you got a lost spouse. The Bible says that you can win the unbelieving spouse by your conversation and your conduct. You just keep living righteous, honey. You just keep walking with Jesus, and they're going to see your good works and glorify God. Oh, let's pray all across this house. Praise God. Praise God. Friends will persecute you, and they will say we're no longer going to be friends. I had a friend. Uh, that left, named uh, Hunter. Hunter didn't want to be my friend anymore because I stopped doing the things we used to do. And uh, he didn't want to be my friend anymore, but it wasn't until after I brought him to church at least once. But my best friend Kyle came to church with me. I was only 13 years old, didn't a whole lot, but I said, Kyle, you got to come to church with me. We baptized him in Jesus' name. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's just something about somebody that says, I'm going to be bold for Jesus. That people, they might at first not understand it. They might even disagree with it. But when they see your fruit, can I tell you, I've been living for God this August will be 20 years. And not one of my family today will say anything negative about living for God. Now, it was not that way before. It was a fight. It was a battle. It was a struggle. But if you just keep living for God and standing on righteous principles, they will see your good works and they will glorify God. Sometimes we can receive persecution from employers. Sometimes you have a religious conviction. We've had several I've had to fill out forms for. Ladies that say, I refuse to wear a man's apparel. I refuse to work on church days. I refuse to do certain things because of my religious conviction. I have filled out forms for people. And, and I, I'm so proud to say that 99% of the companies in America, they have to adhere to that. And they say, okay. Just adhere to safety. Amen. Had, a, had one of our new converts that was afraid that they couldn't sign the leadership form because they couldn't live by certain convictions. Amen. But I'm thankful to say that it went all the way up to the CEO's desk, and they said, we don't want a lawsuit. Let's just. Now, that may not always be the case. You might need to get a new job. Praise God. Unbelievers will persecute because they don't always understand what we do. They'll mock worship, make fun of the way you dress, the way you live. And sometimes that can hurt. But just keep standing on Jesus' side. Don't be rude. Be bold. Sometimes the religious, or as I like to call them, the self-righteous, will be the ones that persecute you. And sometimes they persecute you in the house. Because they have a little bit of condemnation because of the way you're living for God. Don't let that change your righteousness sake. Don't let that change the fact that you really are trying to live for God. You really are trying to stand on Jesus' side. But why is it that people persecute us? John put it this way, because we are not of this world. John also put it this way, because they think they do God's service. He put it this way, he said, because they have not known the Father. He put it this way in John chapter 3, that they love evil and they hate good. They love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. That's why if you and I live godly in this world, we will suffer persecution. Because there's some people that just like the dark. But you know where the light shines the best? We were made for this. We were made for this. That being said, I'm done right here.
please don't go out searching for persecution. Right? There's two extremes. The one that either extinguishes their flame altogether or the one that starts a forest fire. But Jesus said, don't hide it under a bushel. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill. Amen. God didn't call us to hide or to extinguish what he has given us. Nope. And he did not call us to go around, amen, person by person, setting them on fire and causing hurt and pain and more trouble. He said, let your light shine. Amen. Anybody ever added too much salt to their food? Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. Anybody ever had some food? Now, I know there's some folks in here that think they can cook, but let me tell you, add salt. It helps. <laughs> Come on. I need to get an amen for some paprika up in the house, some amen for some cayenne pepper. Praise God. Do something. But there's some folks don't add no salt. And then there's the other person that just thinks if it don't taste like a, a horse would just like to lick on it for a couple hours, <laughs> then it's not good food. There's a happy medium. Live for Jesus. Be a Christian. The Bible says that when they had prayed, the Holy Ghost came in and shook the place where they were praying. And they went out and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Not arrogance. Not criticism. It was not, I'm going to shove the gospel down your throat. No, it was if I am in an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody in a palatable way where they will actually receive the gospel. I don't care who, amen, does this or who hurts me, who throws things against me, I'm going to do it. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, I quoted at the beginning, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. That word witness means martyr. The Holy Ghost is not just so we can huck a buck and speak in tongues. The Holy Ghost was given to us so that we could live the gospel. Live the gospel. Live for the gospel. It was also shared, uh, given to us so that we could share the gospel. That's the power you receive. If you've never shared the gospel with somebody, when, when people quote this verse to their kids, all the time, I have no greater joy than my children walk in truth. That ain't talking about little Timmy. That's talking about somebody that you won to Jesus and you have no greater joy than that they're still living for God. There's nothing happier than seeing somebody come into the kingdom and they, you just see them start to get it. They scrape their knee, but they get back up and they keep going. I just love seeing people get saved. I love seeing people grow in God. That's a great joy. But the Holy Ghost was given so that you and I could live the gospel, so that we could share the gospel. But it was also shared that in the unfortunate day, that America drops and falls. If that day ever comes before the coming of the Lord, that you'd be willing to die for the gospel. Anybody ever read Fox's Book of Martyrs? It's a great book. You ought to, you ought to pick that up. That's a great book. Not, it's a little morbid, but it's good. Because it makes you want to be bold. If somebody in a third world country right now is meeting underground just to go to church, and if they're seen... They will, they will die for the gospel. Who am I to drive in a nice car and not make it to church? And I'm not judging anybody. Please understand me. If, if somebody is willing to die for their beliefs, who am I to say, oh, God, I'll die for you, and yet I can't even go to work living for you? God's called us to be the light and the salt of the world. And if we'll do that, we will suffer persecution, but... Rejoice, because great 
is your reward in heaven. If you lose anything on earth, Jesus said, you will gain it in this lifetime and in the lifetime to come 100-fold. There's some people that, that they've been a little bit timid about their belief system and a little bit timid about what church they go to and a little bit timid to share the gospel, a little bit timid to live the gospel. But I hope tonight that the Holy Ghost would hit this place and we would leave this place with a new burning desire to share the gospel with somebody to open up our Bibles. Well, I don't know a whole lot. You know more than anybody else in the city. Uh, you know more than the person that doesn't know anything about God. Uh, I pray that the Holy Ghost would hit this place uh, and God would baptize us again uh, with a spirit of boldness. Uh, they might hate me. Uh, they might slam the door in my face. Uh, they might cuss me out. Uh, I might even get shot while I'm knocking the doors. I might get bit by a dog by knocking the doors. Uh, I might get persecuted. Uh, I might get lied about. I don't know what's going to happen, but God, give me boldness because there's a world that's lost and dying and they need you lift up your hands and let's pray I'm done let's pray all across this house God give us a spirit of boldness come on the Holy Ghost gives us boldness the Holy Ghost gives us boldness. God, give us the boldness to live the gospel. God, give us the boldness to exemplify the gospel. God, to be seen and read of all men, epistles living of God and living for God. Give us the boldness that even if they persecute me, even if they lie about me, even if, they, even if it comes down to where they physically harm me or hurt me or fire me, cause me financial hurt, God, give me the power. God, give me the strength to live for the gospel. God, give me the boldness to share the gospel with the people that surround me. God, give me the boldness to share it to my boss, even if I lose my job. Not in an arrogant way, God. Not in an unintelligent way. God, not in an ignorant way. God, don't let me just do it stupidly. But God, give me the boldness to do it in a palatable way. And God, if the day ever comes... Amen. God, let ARC be ready uh, for the day where if we have to choose uh, between Jesus uh, and getting our necks off the line, uh, I pray, God, that we would choose uh, to stand and to live godly for you. Uh, I want us to come down to this altar and pray for boldness right now. God, give us boldness. God, give us boldness. God, give us boldness. Give me boldness at my job. Give me boldness at my school. Give me boldness in my neighborhood. Give me boldness with my family. Give me boldness with my lost loved ones. Give me boldness with my amen with my prodigal siblings. Give me boldness, God. Let me pray for the right moment. Let me pray for the Holy Ghost to lead me. God set me ablaze with the Holy Ghost tonight. Come on, let's pray all across this house. Come on, when we pray in the Holy Ghost, I believe that boldness is going to hit us. Come on. Yes, you will suffer persecution if you try to live godly, if you choose to live godly, but you're also going to be blessed. You're also going to be blessed. You're also going to be favored. You're also going to receive the Lord's approval. Somebody pray. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Proverbially walk out of the party and they'll follow you. Amen. Stand on your convictions, not mean, but in righteousness on the Lord's side and watch people see your life and glorify God. Come on. Yes, there'll be some that hate you. Yes, there'll be some that persecute you, but there'll be some that follow your example. Passionate.
Come on, somebody pray that. I will be God. I'll say yes. Lord, I agree my desire. Passionately is to be what you call me to be. That's what I Come on, God's giving boldness right now. God's giving boldness right now. Be what God's called you to be. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray all across this house in the name of Jesus.
Hallelujah. God, I pray for boldness. Pray for boldness, God. Because if I'm bold living for you, oh God, it might, have, it might cause some to rise up against me, Lord, but it might also cause some people to follow you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, I know in, the, in a group this size, there's always people who say, well, Pastor, I've never felt persecuted. And, uh, and that's, I'm not saying you need to go out there and be a glutton for punishment and look to get beat up. Um, again, I've already qualified. Don't, don't go do something that's just ignorant um, because that's not true persecution. But if you and I are truly living right and really living for God, and it's not hidden, there will be relationships to say, you know, this ain't, this is ain't for me. And uh, I know typically it's when people first get saved, they really have to deal with this. But it even comes as we live for God a while. Sometimes I, I look and I go, man, if I've, I almost use that as a meter to check if I'm living loud for Jesus or not. Not loud and obnoxious, but bold. Do people even know that I'm a Christian or do they just think I'm a nice guy? Do they, do they know the gospel in which I believe? Or have I just made them feel good and assuaged any of their guilt without sharing the gospel with them? I have, I have had to share uh, with, with good charismatic folks here in Carson City. I've sat down with pastors. And I had a decision to make, Elder. Do I just join the council of churches and make them think I'm a good guy and and uh, we go golfing on Saturday? Or do I do my best to try to win them to this gospel? And I made the decision. I'm not going to be rude about it. Not gonna be, But if we're talking theology, I'm going to let you know what the Bible says in a palatable way and in love. And I've talked with some of them and said, I, I want you to study this out, that there's one God. I want you to study it out, that there's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And brother, I haven't had coffee with them yet or since. And sometimes it's the idea that the relationship is over. But it's better to do that palatably and in love, so please understand me, than to have people in your direct connection and circle that do not even know the plan of salvation. It's better to lose them as a friend or a loved one sharing the most beautiful message in a loving, palatable way because you care for them. Then for them, the Bible says, beware when all men speak well of you because they did that to the prophets right before they killed them. We've got to be willing to share the gospel, folks. We've got to be willing. This is, this is, this is, this is Christianity 101. And even if I lose this friendship or lose this relationship, that's not my desire. I'm not presenting it in a way so that I would lose this relationship or lose this job or lose this opportunity. But I'm presenting it in such a way that, that I'm going to stand on righteousness' sake and God's side for the sake of Jesus Christ and the gospel for one sole purpose, not just to be right, not just to be holier than thou, to hopefully win them to Jesus. That's the end goal, church. Everything we live for Everything we preach, everything we teach, everything we believe, every lifestyle that we live, it is not just so we can say we're like another apostolic church down the road. 
because we want to win people to Jesus. Amen. Lift up your hands one more time and let's pray. So we're dismissed. Father, we love you. We thank you here tonight. I know this is not an easy subject, God. I know this is a difficult one because this is the literal calling to take up our cross, the instrument of persecution and torture, and to follow you. And God, to be willing to leave houses and lands and families and all these different things for your sake and for the gospel's sake, God. And it's not easy to ask people to do that. It's not easy, God, amen, to tell people that that would be in their, that, that potentially is in their future if they live godly in you. But Lord, it is true nonetheless. But God, I'm praying, Lord, that you would give us a holy boldness, amen. And God, help us to do it in love and righteously, God, uh, amen, and tactfully so that when people see us, God, amen, that they see the love of God, that when they get around us, they feel the conviction and the love of God all at the same time, Lord. And though there's some that will walk away, some that might persecute, some that might abuse, and some that might even physically harm God, uh, I know that happens elsewhere, but God, uh, I pray that we would have a holy boldness, uh, amen, to stand upon your word and to stand on the Lord's side uh, and to try to be that bridge, amen, that helps people across the gap, uh, amen, towards their Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray God raise up Apostolic Revival Center to be that city set upon a hill. God, to shine their light, God, and maybe our lights have grown dim, and maybe our flame is dying out, God. Add a little fuel to the fire tonight and give us a little boldness to share, amen, what we have received with somebody else in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. Let's not forget this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Take some of these cards with you. Invite the neighborhood kids. They've got a fair going on this weekend, which is a perfect opportunity to invite kids. Amen. They can go from one fair to a carnival. It's going to be a great opportunity. God bless you in Jesus' name.